You're listening to Grow and Tell with Estelle May. She's a no-nonsense, hard-hitting, tell-you-like-it-is kind of host. Because you know those overwhelming things we avoid in life? Turns out they're not so scary once you break them down. Whether it's effectively managing your career, being vulnerable in your relationships, or working on your financial literacy, she believes the best version of ourselves involves being brave and well-informed. Estelle May invites a wide range of guests, from doctors to dreamers, mothers, scientists, and artists. Come join her and find the courage to land that job, pay off that debt, forgive that friend, and fall in love with yourself. If you're looking to laugh, learn, and grow together, you're in the right place. So put on your big girl pants and let's figure this out together. Here's your host, Estelle May. (laughs) Okay, okay. Hi, Grow and Tell fam, Stell May here, and I'm super excited to have Reagan Loftus here with me today. Fun fact, we actually used to work together at a marketing agency, and I'm actually visiting Charleston and staying with her, and I thought it'd be so fun because we've both been in the social media marketing world for a while, and we kind of wanted to chat about it. So, Reagan, thanks for having me in your closet. Hey, what's up? (laughs) How are you doing today? Uh, This evening I'm doing good. I have my little Yeti cup of vino, so it's (laughs) it's nice um, to be in your closet, but I'm just excited because I think it takes a certain type of person to work in social media, and I feel like when you're in it all day, every day, you see a lot of things that other people don't see, so I'm excited to chat. All right, so the first thing that I kind of wanted to talk about... You know, I feel like with social media and like face, especially Facebook, you know, it's become really political. You're seeing photos of people's lives that you might not want to see or on Instagram. Maybe you're seeing pictures of influencers you don't want to see. And this idea of kind of curating your feed you had mentioned at one point. So I thought that'd be kind of cool to chat about. So what are your thoughts on making social media enjoyable again? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like every day Instagram is releasing some type of new feature, reels, or some type of sticker for businesses. And it can be overwhelming. And with the update, I recently got the shopping update. And so it's more shopping heavy focus on my Instagram feed. And I was just kind of exhausted, kind of tired of seeing everybody posting products, especially during this time. So really, I just thought about how to curate my social media back to something I would enjoy, maybe by unfollowing somebody that just wasn't bringing me joy or posting too much products or muting them for a little bit. So really just curating it back to what I enjoy instead of being so forced to seeing all these products instead of following a lot of more inspiration accounts or dog accounts just to get some more positivity in my Mm -hmm. feed. I was actually just thinking about that, you know, the other day because especially on Instagram, I go to Instagram for inspiration. I go there to look at pretty photos, cute dogs, design for my house. I'm not really there and sorry to any friends, but I'm not really there to see random food photos of my friends on vacation. I feel like Facebook is more the place for me when I'm in that, like that my mindset is that, but Instagram I really use as a place of inspiration. So when you were talking about curating, I was like, man, I really need to kind of go through my Instagram and make sure that the stuff that I'm seeing, like I really enjoy positive quotes and things that make me feel good. So what are the kind of things that you would like to kind of cut out or see in your Instagram feed? Yeah, I recently unfollowed a ton of just influencers that I'd been following for a while that I have a same group of five that I've always followed where I listen to their podcasts or read their blogs and I the rest were just kind of 
out noise, you know, it was just mm-hmm. too much product. So and followed a ton, kept my core group of people I loved and have been following a ton of hashtags like home improvement. I don't I'm not improving my home right now, but it gives me so much inspo and something I enjoy seeing right now. I forgot about following hashtags, but that that's something like if you're listening to this and you haven't done that before, you can just say, you know, hashtag kitchen design and you're really inspired by that. Anything that comes through that hashtag will pop up in your feed and you don't have to go and search for it. So that's a pretty cool option if you, you know, you're not having to follow a certain account. It's just the general topic. So who are these five that you've been following? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or who are like the couple that like no matter what you're following? Yeah, I can give you a few. So I love at Carly. She is your typical mm. prepster. I actually met her in person one time randomly in a coffee shop in Charleston. I knew that her and a few people were there, and, and I went to this college, like, coffee shop, and she was there, and I was just staring at her the whole time, and she awkwardly looked at me, and it <laughs> was like, she knew I knew who she was, but yeah. we were both just, like, awkward, and I finally was just like, hey, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> I follow you on Instagram, and it was fine. I love her. I message her all the time, and she's one of the few that actually respond back which is really mm. nice. And then I love JC Marie Smith and Chelsea J. Curtis. They have a podcast called What We Said. And mm-hmm. I listen to that too. And so those are some of my favorites, including Tezza as well. She has a massive brand. So it's mm. kind of this core group of influencers that almost kind of go around with each other. So I think something that I've really struggled with, especially since I've been working in social media for 10 years, is that, you know, my personal and I feel like work is really combined and so then there's there's things that I want to follow for work, like I want to follow other agencies or I want to follow, you know, other big brands that I'm not interested in personally, but I'm interested in for work. But then I kind of feel like my whole life is always blended. Do you feel like that? Yeah, absolutely. I just shared a agency with you the other day where I was like, you need to follow because they put such great information out there. And I think it's okay to have both in a sense, because it's interesting to hear those statistics while you're thinking about it. But it can definitely get a little overwhelming at points when you're not turning off or always thinking about social. Yeah. So do you feel like, because I I would say that I probably use Facebook and Instagram the most. Like I'm not really a big Twitter person. I think TikTok's fun, but I'm not on it as much as I am. Like Instagram's like my steady. We're going steady. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook is like the one that keeps coming back to me that I can't really let go of. Have you ever gone through your Facebook friends? Because I feel like With Facebook, it's usually people that you've been friends with on Facebook for so long that you've maybe lost contact with. I don't know, friends of friends of friends. Or I felt like back in the day, you would just say yes to anybody. Have you ever gone through and really just cleaned it out? Not on Facebook. I really haven't. Just because I feel like I get random friend requests from people I don't even know or like have. That weirds me out. Like, but we'll have mutual friends, like 140 mutual friends. But I'm like, I've never met you in my entire life. And I still delete it just at that point. But no, I think it's interesting. I, I just keep it the same, kind of same old, same old. I've definitely gone through, like, recently, I don't know, I've just been kind of weird about sharing. So I have an Instagram, obviously, for the podcast where I share stuff, but I get to choose. But I feel like Facebook, for some reason, feels more personal to me. I'm not sure why, but I do share more life updates in terms of, like, what my husband and I are doing and maybe our honeymoon and I don't know. So I have recently gone through and started deleting <laughs> I'm, I'm cracking up because I, I use Facebook to save my photos, like add albums, and then I let my mom tag me in really beautiful life moments. So I there don't you have go. To post about it. <laughs> I, get I all, love that. All my mom's friends telling me, yay, go Reagan. <laughs> yeah, that is good. I mean, I feel like Facebook is, I know that. 
that it's kind of phasing out, but you and I have chatted about this and I really wish that Facebook would let me just be part of groups that I'm interested because I'm in podcast groups. I'm in dog mom groups. I'm in um, like freelancing female groups. And then I'm in a military spouse group. And I'm really interested in the content that they get. But I wish I could curate the shit that comes out of people's mouths <laughs> on Facebook. Because, like, I hate, I hate going there specifically for that reason of people just spewing their opinions. Yes. I feel like every, every mom feels like they need to be heard. And, you know, sometimes you do. But sometimes you just need to not, not do it. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Anyway, it's so fun to chat with Reagan because she does social media for work and it's, I think, a lot harder of a field than a lot of people know because it never shuts off. You know, you're working on it consistently. And like I was saying before, if you are managing a Facebook page for a brand, it pops up on your personal Facebook. And so you're looking at the, you know, the plant your mom posted and the next thing is like a business account and it all kind of like melds into one. So the reason why I want to do this episode, so I think there's a lot of like positive things about having social media and from a marketing perspective, it's a little bit different, but then there's a lot of negative things that kind of go along with that so just kind of wanted to chat something that I had on the list to kind of chat about was like growing up in this era because when I social media really started towards I would say like the end of high school for me granted I graduated from high school in 2004 and Friendster and MySpace and Facebook really came out when I graduated from high school but it was only for college students I just kind of wanted to chat about and see what you thought about you know the kids who are growing up with all these influencers everywhere. You know, if you're a 12-year-old, you're a 14-year-old, it's really different than, you know, how I feel like maybe you or I were raised. Yeah, social media was a thing in elementary school. Like, it was when Facebook, or not Facebook, (laughs) MySpace was super big. And then I kind of grew up in the era of Instagram where you posted and you kind of cared, but you were using those awful Instagram filters. You were just posting, like, random photos. It was never curated content. It was what you were doing. It was a Friday night football game and never cared a lot about it. And then now everybody almost feels like they have to have their own personal brand. And if you don't have a perfectly curated photo, you're not going to be liked at school. And if you post something weird, you're going to be judged. And so I definitely think it impacts um, how they're feeling and their need to be liked in general as they're growing up right now. I really like that you brought up the personal brand because I think that's such a big thing. You know, I think that having a personal brand, if you are trying to build a personal brand, makes sense. But I feel like the average person who's just in college or in high school or in middle school feels like they need to have a beautiful aesthetic, that their Instagram has to be perfect. Their photos have to, you know, um, look like an editorial piece. And that's really unfortunate. And I know that's something else that was on the list that I wanted to chat about was this idea of having like a highlight reel for Instagram. You know what I mean? You're only, I kind of go back and forth with this because I think that, you know, you really want to share the positive things that happen in your life, right? Like who really wants to see someone like post really sad things all the time? Like no one really wants to see that either. But then at the same time, you're given shit if you're posting all the positive thing because you're just posting like your life is perfect. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think it's even when you are posting those negative moments, it's how I've made it positive. How can I turn this around? And so, no, it's definitely a highlight reel and people aren't understanding, especially at that age that you're only seeing the best and with filters and with mm-hmm. all kinds of things. So it's definitely um, changes the perspective a little bit. I honestly, I can't imagine. 
I think high school and middle school is hard enough. I can't imagine what it's like to grow up with, you know, because if you're 12 now, they're 12-year-old influencers, you know, who are making really good money and they're dressing perfectly and they have crazy things. And to be constantly compared to that, I think is kind of a crazy time to be alive. Yeah, I feel like they all 12, 14, 15, they all look like they're 20 almost now. It's just like their outfits. You know, we never would have worn that. I know. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's crazy that they look so much older. They're trying to be perfect and not grasping that really. I feel really old, but sometimes like I think about these things and I'm, what are you, sh- what are you wearing? Or put a coat on or like the things that my mom used to say to me. But I, I do feel like with social media, you know, there's this idea, especially for like young girls to dress a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. And because we just have this content that's delivered to us, I don't know. I think it's a great thing. There's a lot of things I love about technology. And there's a lot of things that I think are negative. And I do wonder what it will do to kids kind of later down the road. Yeah, I know. That's definitely interesting. I have a younger brother who just turned 15 and he has social media, but still very monitored by my parents and can't have Snapchat just because of all of the crazy stuff that goes on and really it's molding their minds and it's so influential in a time where they're growing and understanding the world and so it's interesting to see the impacts that they'll have as they they get older from that. I mean I had such a hard time in middle school and high school just comparing myself to other middle schoolers or other high schoolers like at my school but I was never comparing myself to a celebrity because I was like, oh, they're a celebrity. It's so far-fetched. Or maybe, you know, I would go to a basketball tournament and see someone else from another school, but that was really the extent of it. I wasn't comparing myself to, you know, people from, like, schools across the country or schools across the world or, you know what I mean? I feel like it's kind of opened that door to being compared by so many. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I'm a huge fan of TikTok right now, but... I've even seen on the younger crowd as if somebody goes viral and then somebody will comment and say something mean and then it's just like, imagine a student going viral in the school and then feeling super popular for it and then Mm -hmm. getting either bullied for it, just being on TikTok in general, or people feeling less than because they're not getting that kind of exposure and they feel like in today's environment that you need that life, that you need to go viral to kind of, to mean something to people because once they do go viral. People are like, oh, I need to be in your TikToks and I want to be mm-hmm. your friend and kind of seeing that transition. Have you ever heard um, of people saying that likes trigger the same kind of thing as an endorphin or I don't know what it is exactly. You know, kids will l- literally sit there waiting for, like it actually has a serious like mental, I think what they've done is they've recorded people and watched them as they use social media and as likes come in, it triggers something in your brain that's the same as some kind of endorphin or drug or I'm not sure. Yeah, that's really scary to think about. I definitely have heard that and probably believe it's a thing because at the end of the day when you post, I mean, you want to get likes even if you don't necessarily even care about your Instagram. You want still people to like and know that people are liking it. So I definitely see that. (laughs) It's crazy. (sighs) So Regan brought this up actually the other day and she talked about the challenge trend and I really love this. So Tell me what you wanted to talk about that. Yes. So I think social media has become exhausting for everybody, whether you're managing social media or whether you are just working in general on having your own personal brand. And recently a challenge came about where, you know, you're supposed to post a black and white photo if you were just supporting women, but the meaning behind it was something different and people didn't realize it. And so they're posting this photo and they were getting bashed for doing so. And so you feel like 
you you can't almost post your opinion and you can post your opinion but it may be wrong and the movement was supposed to be something supportive and people just kind of took it the wrong way and so people just don't really know what to post on social media anymore because it's right and left instagram has become super political super awesome and it's great because you want these issues to be brought but then it's like how do i take it into context am i saying the right thing and i think that's been mm-hmm. really pressurized on a lot of people i mean jobs are looking at what you're posting on social media mm-hmm. everybody is looking at what you're posting and if it's wrong once instead of you know checking ourselves or allowing us say like hey i don't think you should post this because of x we're cancel culture is that's huge that's really big i think social media does not help with the cancel culture okay so with this challenge trend i'm gonna say that you know a friend tagged me in this challenge trend i posted a photo and then the next day a friend posted saying hey just so you know the you know where this came from originated from x y and z there were a few different opinions and i kind of reached a point where i was like look i took it as I had friends who were trying to support other women, and so I did it. And even though, you know, the source came, I think it's important to share where the source came. Like, the issue is not, I don't want to throw that under the rug, but I don't think that because I posted it for maybe an alternate reason that it's suddenly wrong. But I feel like anyone who did do that, and this is for so many different challenges, it's become okay to, it's like a mob mentality where it's okay to, like, bash people and tell them, you know, like almost like humiliate them online for being stupid to have joined a trend or to have done whatever. So I think that's not like my favorite part about social media, like what's going on with it right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's You really don't know what to post, what's acceptable, what's not. And it's, it can be hard. It definitely takes a toll on you. And at 30, at 25, at 50, much less if you're 16, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and are being molded and trying to just grow up and make mistakes but that's going to come out in 10 years Mm -hmm. and you're going to be completely looked at different it's interesting I think that's really hard about just like growing up online in general is that when you're younger you know in the past you could say things and not be held accountable for it for the rest of your life versus now not that it's okay to say something and just throw it away and be like whatever that didn't matter you should always be accountable for your actions and what you say but I do think it is harder because something that I even personally said when I was 13 is probably not something that I've agreed, you know, I would say now that I'm 34. But, you know, with the internet, with screenshots, with people publishing it or whatever, what you say and what you do is sort of forever out there. Yeah, I have uh, bringing back my younger brother and I'm very protective over that if I see something that he may have done or I'm like, hey, take that down or mm-hmm. don't don't favorite that just because... I'm looking out for you in the future, and it's it's crazy that we have to do that, especially for at that age, and it, it kind of stinks. I definitely know that even since college, some things that I would have done maybe in my political classes have changed since then, and so growing as a person, I think, is really amazing. Grow and tell. Like, that's what mm-hmm. this podcast is all about, mm-hmm. and so I think people need to be more accepting of that and understanding that people are going to change, and sometimes just need the reality check of it and Mm -hmm. your opinion might be right but there might be right in some Mm -hmm. way too and kind of finding that common ground I'm definitely um, a supporter of giving people like second chances you know and I think what's really hard for this generation is they're making their mistakes like in public they're making all their mistakes that a lot of us made privately 
or just within our circle of friends or our school, they're making it online. They're making it known, you know what I mean, for their potential employers to see later, for their families to find out. Like, back in the day, if you made a mistake, like, your family, your extended family maybe didn't see it, you know, and other people from other schools didn't see it. And now it's like you say something online, you're, it's really hard to kind of come back from it, you know? Now they're making TikToks and going viral about your story. That's Mm -hmm. what's happening now. (laughs) Yeah, that's super hard. Okay, so something else that I wanted to kind of chat about was like social media and location. I don't know why I put this on the list, but I do think it's interesting because you had mentioned off the record, not off the record, (laughs) you had mentioned not on this podcast, like when we were just having breakfast or something that you were saying that Instagram at one point was worse because of what? Yeah, so originally in high school, I remember being able to, when you actually put your location on Instagram, it was not showing the specific location. So let's say if we put Charleston, South Carolina, it wasn't pulling that up. It was actually your location that you posted it from. So if that would have been your house, if that would have been, you know, the coffee shop. And so people could go on the location and find basically where you lived just because it was your most post spot. And so that has definitely changed. Now you can't do that, which is really great to see, but it is still pretty scary to know that people can find your location, see where you're at at all times and really Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to do that. It's very normalized, but it's definitely, it's crazy to know that social media has allowed that opportunity for many people. So if you're listening to this, I guess for two people who, you know, work in social media um, I know you're, you're probably aware that if you're at the Lincoln Memorial in D.C. and you tag where you are, you know people are going to know where you are. Um, but maybe just being more mindful of if you're at your grandma's house or if you're at, you know, you're tagging locations, just be aware that you never know, you know, what's out there. I think the biggest thing for me, uh, I don't have any children, But I'd be aware of that, you know, where they're tagging themselves. But another thing also is I wouldn't tag anything, honestly, that is a routine of yours. You know what I mean? If you're always going to the same gym and you're at 24-hour fitness and you're tagging that same 24-hour fitness every day at 5 p.m., someone probably, if they wanted to, would know where you're going. And another thing is, is that, you know, Reagan had mentioned earlier about personal brands. You don't have to be public. And I feel like that's become a thing where you need to be public no matter what because you need a personal brand. Totally fine to be private. Just like just have your own friends. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I don't think it's meant for everybody. And even I feel like a lot of us who run social media, by the time we get to our social media, we just don't care. It's exhausting. We're over it. I post just a every once in a while show my face. But I definitely, it's not for everybody. And at the end of the day, as I mentioned earlier, curating your social feed for what you want it to be. You can follow just friends and then don't have to follow any influencers or other posts. So it's definitely what you make it. Uh, Okay, so I know that we we started on a positive note talking about, you know, cleaning up your social media, kind of curating what you see. I still think that's super important. Maybe have a cleanse of all your social media accounts. Like if you don't use Twitter, just delete it. I feel like that mentally just gives you more space. And if you use Instagram and you're seeing a bunch of people who make you feel shitty about yourself, just don't follow them. Like, no harm, no foul. And, like, Facebook, go through it. Maybe there's people in high school that you don't really want to be seeing their photos or you don't want them to be seeing you. That's totally fine, too. 
Um, so that's a positive thing. And then another thing kind of wanted to talk about on the end is that we feel like social media has really leveled the playing field, especially if you're a small business. I know that right now, have especially in quarantine, having a side hustle is like the dream for a lot of people. Maybe not the dream, but something people have, you know, has come to light or they've had the time to actually do it. So how do you feel about that, Reagan? Yeah, I love social media for small businesses. I think it's definitely leveled the playing field in the sense that really anybody can hop on and showcase their brand. And there is always some type of audience, somebody that's going to care for it, whether it's 400 people or a million people. Again, going back to that, I don't think it is worth our time to put it into followers and understanding. You may only have 3,000, but at the end of the day, if those 3,000 are coming to you and buying your business and making it worth it, then those are the people that you're there for, Mm -hmm. and that's going to help you grow in general. So social media is just really great for small businesses, and they can have so much fun with it and do a lot of fun things in general Mm -hmm. just on social to promote what they do. I think that's like the biggest thing, like to take away that I really wanted to cover in this episode is that... I feel like social media was created for people to be social. You know what I mean? And so if you're on Facebook and it, you know, it's a bunch of like political crap that you don't want to read, like either delete people, unfollow people, because I don't know if you know this, but you can be friends with someone on Facebook. You can just unfollow their posts. So you don't have to completely delete them because you still want to be friends with them, but you don't have to see, you know, them spewing stuff that you don't want to read. And then, you know, you could be on some fun groups. Like if you like golf. I don't know. You could join a golf group or things that you're genuinely interested about. I feel like it's become something that's become, I don't know, like brings a lot of anxiety to people's lives where it can be a really positive thing. So I kind of want to end the episode with asking you what your favorite things about social media are. My favorite things about social are just really being able to follow people that I love. Like, even if they're influencers or friends, I love being able to go and just get a ton of inspiration and kind of take that away from people. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was a terrible <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, I would say that my favorite thing about social media is I'm not very good at design and I'm so inspired by people and their design and houses. Um, and I'm also really inspired by positive people who are, you know, putting things out that are positive in the world. Um, I also love Facebook Marketplace because I get all my really cool mid-century modern furniture from Marketplace. Um, I love, I'm part of a podcast group that is amazing as well. I'm part of a (laughs) chocolate lab parent group with 20,000 other chocolate lab moms, which I love. Also, um, part of a female freelancer, part of a military spouse group. So there's a whole bunch of things that bring me a lot of joy. I just need to focus on the positive things about social media and like make it fun again. Absolutely. So that is what we have today coming to you from Reagan's closet in Somerville, (laughs) South Carolina. Hopefully we have been able to inspire you to clean out your social media feeds and make it a positive place because no one's forcing you to follow your uncle that has an opposing view to you on social media. Just unfollow your uncle. Unfollow him. (laughs) 
Hi, friend. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Did you find value in this episode? I would really appreciate it if you would rank and review it on Apple Podcasts, as it helps so much with ranking and visibility. And do you know someone who needs to listen to this episode? Simply click on the episode on whatever app you're on and click the share button and text, email, or share it on social media with them. Wherever you are in the world right now, I'm sending you all of my love and hope that you're happy, healthy, and well. Much love, Estelle May.